Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. Femba can go to hell. Topical talk, outspoken opinion and inspirational conversation on the hour of Badass Power. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators but no one compares. Minter, Campbell and Sexton are your all new Saturday night super squad. Badass Women's Hour on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. One, two, three, Hello and welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass. We are here live on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my fabulous co-hosts, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. Nat, how are you this week? I'm fabulous. It was one of those weeks where the universe reminded me how amazing I was, but then in equal measure reminded me just how not badass I am. So I went tit over face uh, (laughs) just walking down the street after a, a meeting where I forgot what I was supposed to say. And that was that. Okay, so you're not Rihanna. Had one of those. But then equally, I found out where all the men hang out. Where is that? Uh, It's the trading house uh, in St. Paul's. And it was basically ridiculously high ratios of men. And considering we talk about it all the time, I felt like the universe was like, you're winning at life. I'm going to bestow this information upon you. But did you talk to any of them? No, because I had other things to do. (laughs) No but. No but. No but. No but. But I'm going back, so uh, it's fine. Be that all of next week, Winning 7 a.m. till 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, how's your week been? Yeah, it's been it's been quite good. We had an amazing flock event. Thanks to you, Harriet, for hosting oh, goal setting. You. That was really good. Lots of good feedback. And then I've had post March, and I'm hoping the show can help me. I've had a little bit of a feminist meltdown. I've been reading so much around feminism. <laughs> Stop. I've been having a massive like, am I a feminist? I don't know if I'm a feminist. And like Nat, I've also found out where the men hang out. John John Lewis, electrical department on Oxford Street. Oh my goodness, went in there to buy a GoPro. Whole new world. I'm going to say, honestly and truly, I'm not sure I want a man that hangs out either at the trading place or John Lewis electrical (laughs) departments. Those sound like very dull Saturday nights and Sunday days to me. Look, when we've got all the boyfriends, Harry, you'll be jealous. (laughs) Did you hear that? All of the boyfriends, plural. Nice. (laughs) So, as always, we're starting our show with a ground up of the news stories that have caught our eye this week and that we have been talking about. And the first one is the one that has, like just spiralled I think because I felt like it came from a not that exciting place and it has gone crazy. Heels at work 
and whether they are okay or not. And this came from um, a petition started about seven or eight months ago by a girl, Nicola Thorpe, who was sent home from work because she was not wearing the required two to three inch high heeled shoe. And she started a petition. It gained over 150,000 signatures. And it went to Parliament to be debated and the Women and Equalities Commission have come back with their thoughts this week. And I, for one, I just find the whole thing madness. Who in 2017 still requires their receptionist to wear a pair of heels? I've been a receptionist. Your feet are hidden all day. Emma, what do you think? Uh, I think it's gone bonkers and there's so much emphasis on how women look that it's it's just too much and also it's just so subjective like I I agree there needs to be a level of um, being well presented and well groomed and that changes according to what kind of job you're in but as for the current and kind of the historical way that it's been where women seem to be overly made up, overly glamorised have to be in skirts and heels where we don't really pay much attention to what the guy is wearing, to me that's just a massive imbalance and I'm fully supportive of this girl she shouldn't have to wear heels, ridiculous now, what do you think? I think that this story gives us an opportunity to put a mirror in, our, in you know, up to our own faces. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, figuratively and, and literally. In that discrimination in the workplace, not just in, in terms of dress, is rife. Uh, you know, dis- people with disabilities are still underemployed within the workplace. Um, you know, beyond the security guard and the cleaner, how many black people do you see walking around most most organisations and offices? And even if we think about our own personal networks and, and, and choices, we choose people to be our friends based on what they look like and what they wear. So I was sort of, you know, following the, the, the feed. But the reality is, is that as individuals, we make decisions about people based on what they look like. And until we as individuals change that and understand our relationship to it, there's a, there's an element of hypocrisy, hypocrisy in this. I think in addition, visual presentation. H, have you worn flats on a date? Have I worn flats on a date? Actually, do you know what I have? I went through a period where I had inched my knee and I couldn't wear heels. Mm-hmm. And I will absolutely agree that when I couldn't wear heels and I had to wear flats, I felt distinctly less sexy and less attractive. Okay, so that... And would M, would you send out a visual presentation in Arial on a white page? No. Exactly. I mean, Why? Well, because as human beings, we are very visual. We make, you know, we make a lot of, uh, I don't know, visually... Uh, visuals affect us emotionally like it's about perception mm-hmm. so I can kind of see it but there's there's lots of different levels to that and it's really subjective I like if I um, for the visually impaired what font should we all be using uh, Comic Sans oh I'm joking. No. I am joking. <laughs> I literally nearly <laughs> turned every document I have to Comic Sans. I don't know these things ever. No, I'm not every a visual designer person. would be cursing me for that. Look, you just want to be like neat, tidy, or come to my company and we'll. we'll okay, sort but it I have a you. last point on this. So I, I'm, I'm a retail girl. I'm a shop girl. Started working in retail at 16. I was told to lie about my age. You know, all of the lists of the things that have been going around. We were told all of these things when we started working. But the best advice I ever got was from my, um, my boss at Morgan, and she said, "Dress for the job you want." not the job you have so now when I walk into somewhere I walk in ready to slay there's no there's no option here I'm ready to slay and it has served me well in my career look what happens if you really want to be an astronaut are we all turning up in jumpsuits (laughs) at Brian Centre why not but it's subjective your slay look is subjective my slay look is subjective I agree and also that's a personal decision right so you make that personal choice about what you want to wear what works for you what makes you feel good what gets the response that you want to have whereas when we uh, when we employ a dress code what we're doing is we're putting other people's expectations of what someone should look like 
onto generally young women. I mean, it's I. So I was going to say this is only a women issue, and then I talked about this issue with my lovely personal trainer, the lovely Ollie Love, uh, who's in his mid twenties, and he was once fired from Harrods for being too scruffy. So it does go both ways. But I think men are told not to be scruffy and women are told to be attractive. So we tell them to wear makeup. We tell them to do their hair in a certain way. We tell them to look presentable. Um, I think the Harrods dress code has a wonderful thing where it says, you know, if you want great skin, do some exercise, which I think is also code for be thin. It's asking women to be sexually attractive in the way that we have deemed to be the norm. And I think, what if you're a young girl and you're looking at that and you're like, well, I'm just never going to look like that. I can do all the exercise I want. I can put on all the makeup I want, but I am never going to look like the 5'10 blonde fillies wandering around Harrods right now. I find that really off-putting and denigrating to women. I agree. You know, like I said, all discrimination is wrong. But the reality is in a retail environment, it is about sales. It's about the person that is in front of you looking visually presentable to you. And I'm going to go back to this point around the people we choose to be around us. We, we gravitate towards what we consider to be beautiful. And again, it's completely subjective. But in a retail environment, that is what's going to sell. And so therefore, it's just not going to change. You know, at the age of 16, we knew these Harrods rules. We knew the Selfridges rules. We knew all of these organisations had this criteria. It kind of just is the way it is because they're focusing on sales and the way people look brings people into the shop to buy stuff. But the thing that actually sells to me is great service. So really, really great service because I have been in so many situations where I've gone into a shop and there's somebody beautiful there and they're trying to sell me something and they're a cow for one for a better word that's a very female word sorry they're a not nice person and I am not buying from that shop Mm. I'm not eating at that restaurant I don't care how great you are if your service is not better quite frankly than the way you look I don't want any part of it but visual optics are really really important and one of the big visual optics from this week was the hundreds of thousands of women millions of women in fact on women's marches around the world Um, ladies we were there what did we think it was great. It was a great atmosphere. I definitely had some things that jar with me. Like, you know, I don't think Trump is an incredible human being by any standards, but there was an awful lot of mocking and, you know, jokes at the expense of him. And I'm just really uncomfortable with that because I don't think that that solves any problems whatsoever. So that jarred with me. But it was great to see families out, to see men out. Uh, really great atmosphere. But also, as I said earlier, it just unearthed all these other angles around feminism and the march and people like Piers Morgan and Anne Widdicombe this week. So, uh, What were some of those angles for you, Emma? Well, there was Piers Morgan basically um, talking... He did a tweet about how he was going to start a a march for men because he was being emasculated by rabid feminists. You know, and I know he just wants to cause noise, but I was like, God, that just smacks of your white male privilege. And then Anne Widdicombe was on... uh, uh, ITV's like good um, their morning show and she was agreeing with Piers and she was going oh I think these women are making a lot of fuss about nothing you look at Anne Whittacombe's background like highly educated boarding school went to Oxford you know again smacks of her like white privilege and that's some of the arguments around feminism was this we need to really think about the diversity and that and Anne Whittacombe didn't and it really yeah, it was eye-opening this week, I think. I find, Yeah, I mean, I think Anne Whittacombe has never thought about the diversity of anything ever. But um, one of the things that I... Because I really enjoyed the march. I when I had a great time. I thought it was really just... It was actually a really beautifully peaceful experience. Like, it, there was just a really kind of calm aura to it. 
But one of the things that I found really weird was that I was looking around and I was like, I live in London. And I was like, I, everyone here is white. Everyone here is white. And it came up and there was a lot of commentary around it. And that's an experience I usually only ever have when I go home down to kind of the South Coast and everyone there is white. And I hadn't really realised just how kind of white middle class that march was going to be. It was bizarre to me. I found it, I mean, it was, you know, I didn't find it awkward, but I definitely found it a bit strange. And there's been a lot of commentary about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, do you think for you and your kind of point about different feminism, this is, was that an example of actually where feminism has maybe got it a bit wrong? That we're not as inclusive as we think we are? I think I just realised that the term feminism is a huge word with so many threads within it. But what it made me realise is that these threads, there needs to be more awareness around these threads so that we have awareness of the people that are being perhaps excluded by feminism, white feminism. Um, Yeah, they're just... uh, To me, there was a big awareness. For me, I felt like I had to do a lot more research around my feminism. Yeah, and I think kind of thinking also about what the next steps are and where we take it from here, because actually, marching is great, but what happens now? And we're going to be talking about that after this break with Gemma Carney, who will be joining us in the studio. And we'll also be talking about her new book and mental health. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome back to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can master and a whole load of badass. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm in the studio with my co-host Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And we are joined by broadcaster and author Gemma Carney. Welcome Gemma. Hi. Thank you for joining us. Uh, So before the break, we were talking about the Women's March and this kind of spirit of activism that it has stirred up. But there is a big question, which is what do we do next? Um, Nat, what would you like to see happen now? Personally, I think all of the women that marched, if we all thought, right, what's the one action? What's the one thing that I can do that's going to make a difference? That is hundreds of thousands of, of small actions that build up to something. So contact your local school and ask to go in and speak to the young women and girls there about your career, about the thing that you do. Actively mentor and sponsor a younger girl coming up. And when I when I say mentor and sponsor, I don't mean have a one-off coffee. Think about how you can help that young person progress through their career to do something different. Um, I think writing letters to MPs and all of that sort of stuff, yeah, all great, but it takes a long time. Do something that functionally changes someone else's life. That's going to make the difference. But also look around. We were talking about it before. The march was very middle class, very white. Say hello to the cleaner in your office. Ask nice. her about her day. Ask her about her life understand what women from lower socioeconomic groups are going through so that when you're standing up there campaigning about rights and about difference you're not just doing it from your position of 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 more wealth and more privilege find out what it's like to live on 40 pounds for two weeks and that gives you more um i guess it gives you an ability to really really push for change for all women not just a small section of women nice thank you Emma, what would you like to see happen? Well, I think what I loved was the energy and how this started off. The Women's March started with some woman in from Hawaii, I think, who was going to get some mates together. So it just shows you how powerful the internet is and social media is. So for me, it made me go, it doesn't really matter what those guys are doing in the States because we are strong enough as a collective and to remember that we have that power and to just to make sure that we use that to really be the alternative voice so that these people who are 
putting out these very backward thinking and not basically becoming the normal mm. conversation. Mm. Gemma, were you at the march and what did you think of it? Yeah, I went down um, and I loved it. I found it very cathartic. And obviously there are so many layers. It's, you know, it's very easy to intellectualise this. And I, I think the bones of it is about togetherness. And that's something that I believe in. And, and it's very much based on what you were saying about looking around you, speaking to different people uh, and feeling at one through our kind of human existence. And particularly in a time where it's very confusing and the media is pushing and pulling us in, in so many directions, you know, even this conversation could make your brain swell. Whereas really it's about sticking together, not always shouting into a computer, actually going and walking around and looking in each other's eyes and having a chat. Yeah. And do you think, are there kind of, did you come away with stuff that you wanted to do or some ideas for actions that you had or something you think we should be better at? Well, I'm pretty OTT, so <laughs> I was like, this is so much fun. Can we do this every week? <laughs> I would definitely be up for like Saturday walks. Just, yeah. It's good to walk. It's good yeah. for your health. Uh, it's nice to get outside. I didn't make a banner. So, I, I, you know, you don't even have to do that. Just like get together another walk. And I don't live in London now either. And I came to London to the walk and I thought, let's just do it near where I live on the southeast coast. Let's just get together and, 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 you know, like feel like we're making some sort of action or some sort of stand or, or we're having a discussion. Mm. That's, I think we shout a lot, don't we, into, into Facebook and, and we, we get on our kind of pedestals when we're in a pub but uh, just something as calm and as simple as a, as a walk with lots of different types of people was really really great and I think there's something you said about that real calmness and togetherness that facilitates like let's have that discussion let's kind of be a bit open about this let's talk about some stuff and you've tried to do that I think with your new book yeah. which is out in March is that yeah, right? the 9th of March the same week as International Women's Day uh, it's called Open and it's a toolkit for how magic and messed up life can be uh, so it's it, it was a huge undertaking to be honest it kind of covers the entirety of life I think I try to put everything in there uh, it's hardback it's 340 pages uh, it's fully illustrated it's interactive you can do word puzzles in there you can make lists in there yourself uh, uh, you can circle things and it, it's it's meant to be fun and joyful but at the same time you know it's quite serious it covers everything from heartbreak to self-harm to body image to mental health to travel to your future to politics it's all in there and it's not just me it's like lots of voices what? I was going to say, tell us more about the, the title. I love just using the word magic. Yeah. Ah. I mean, I believe in magic. I believe in magic people. I believe in the magic of nature. I believe in the magic of conversation and friendship. Uh, so that came naturally to me in the title. And I, I just wanted to call it something that was expressive and easy to remember. So open is just about being open, having an open mind, having an open heart uh, and opening up. Do you think we... Uh, do we find that difficult particularly in the UK we're like we're quite a closed like oh let's not talk about that let's shove that under the carpet mm. what's the effect of that and how do we kind of try and reverse some of it well we spent the history of time it feels <laughs> I mean maybe not I th but it feels like in my lifetime anyway and and then in you know even in progressive generations which I think we kind of can be sometimes suppressing like the truth quite a lot particularly if it's matters of mental health or or, or something really deep and dark going on in your family you just we're, we're told to have a stiff upper lip and to pretend that everything's lovely and to particularly as women to scrub up well you know like and to you know in yeah. this generation succeed and be brilliant and 
honest, a bit like, it's hard. And that's all right to say. <laughs> do you find as well, I, I keep hearing more and more of the levels of anxiety that kind of teens and people in their 20s are having. And I can't help but think it must be social media that's doing that because all you see on social media is the perfect perfectness of people's lives i don't think there's enough out there that goes you know what life has its ups and downs but how do you deal with that mentally because actually we don't get taught anything about our mental health we don't get taught anything about psychology Mm. but even i've learned myself so many skills to help me have a happier life what was the catalyst for you kind of even creating the book oh well i've been a broadcaster for nearly 10 years and i've met so many different people i've worked with a lot of young people i feel it's really important for us to constantly explore what it what it means to to grow up to live and to evolve and uh it was just inside of me like i'm quite frantic and i had little notes and lots of ideas and i i went to visit women in schools young women like the women of our future uh, and made a short film called wow now which you can find on google it was only seven minutes and I just spoke to women all over the country uh, or young women and I and I felt like we needed to have a conversation and it's not just for girls like the reason the book is yellow is that it's genderless and uh, you know I feel like we're progressing in the feminist discussion and we might not be using that word so much and we're just kind of thinking about humanity and equality so it's kind of for everyone but you do get to label a vulva in there but that, that shouldn't be exclusively for girls <laughs> yeah. you know I, but I just felt like we needed to to tell young women especially that that we care about them mm. and that we know it's difficult and that, you know, it's hard growing up because I felt like the conversation wasn't happening and it, it swears quite a lot about perfect and this idea of perfectionism in the book, you know, as mentioned. Because what is perfect? Mm. I think it would be very useful for boys and girls to be able to label and colour a vulva. We should all be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know many men who definitely missed that lesson. Well, I realised that I couldn't, I didn't know the names of everything. So I was like, wow <laughs> but I probably could label a boys yeah yeah, that's true that's, that's very true. true true and when you were kind of talking to young people about this and they were telling you what they were feeling in their experience was there anything that you felt you were kind of shocked by or you didn't expect to hear firstly the fact that I don't feel like they were being talked to very much by adults which I found quite mad I, I feel like there's a huge academic pressure I, I think that's got worse I think that's different to when I was at school when I was at school I didn't I didn't really focus on schoolwork. I was, it was all about boys and like getting into nightclubs if I could. Uh, but I think that's totally changed. And I think it's all about grades and it's like your whole life will be a failure. So there's a miscommunication, you know, when it comes to sex ed, for example, when it comes to talking about mental health, when it comes to being safe online. Adults are just kind of giving up and shrugging their shoulders going, oh, do you know what? I don't really understand you guys. Yeah. Maybe- I was going to ask you a question. We've talked about life is hard, but what's one of the most magical things that's happened in your life? Oh, so many things, which uh, which I'm really proud of, to be honest. I, I feel happy to have had struggles, but to know how to be happy. Mm. Uh, and uh, for me, it's travel. And, and again, when I was writing about it, I realised that, you know, we're talking about intersectionality a lot. We're talking about uh, women and different experiences. And I realised that, like, explorers, for example, are often uh, kind of seen as uh, a white man that went to Egypt Eaten. you know think of Bear Grylls like think of like David Attenborough all these incredible people I like them all but I suddenly realized like as a representation like where is like the young woman that goes out there and seeks other cultures and uh, gets on a, on a long-haul flight on her own and, and I realized that that's been a big gift that I've given to myself and it's not necessarily extravagant you can go camping with your mates around the corner and turn your phone off so I think one of the magic things in life is to explore what's around you yeah. Oh, I love that idea. Ladies, what's been magic for you? 
you had to have I, a magic it's, moment. It's, it's similar. So again, I'm going to go back to my my yoga experience this <laughs> this early this year. But it, it's going away by myself and spending time with my own thoughts and having nothing to do, mm. no decisions to make, and just uh, a view, just an environment that you know is completely natural. That's mm. that's the most magical thing. Yeah. I love that. Emma, what about you? Well, mine was turning 40 because there's something about... You're turning... 40? Yeah. I know, it's so depressing. What the hell? Right? I know. Yeah. It's younger than all of July, us. And there's something about getting to the... I am basically having the best days of my life and I think it's because I know myself so well. I, um, yeah, I've done lots of understanding of psychology. I know what makes me happy. So I know how to have lots of magic in my life because I know what, what really makes me excited about the world. So yeah, turning 40. And I think that's such an amazing point which you kind of reference what Gemma was saying there which is you have to know how to be happy you Mm. have to learn what for you if you were to kind of give our listeners one thing that they could go away and kind of help them learn how to be happy and learn that skill what would you suggest I think release yourself from the pressure you know literally if you need to physically shake it off because there is no perfect we all make mistakes we make mistakes every single day in fact someone um, uh, that I was talking to last week who's in her 50s said to me that you spend your whole 30s and 40s trying to be a better person and then she feels so brilliant now because she's in her 50s and she's like I at least know that I will continue to make mistakes but I think what mistakes will I make so just like take the pressure you're not doing that bad you're probably doing amazingly most people in this world are really kind uh, and are full of empathy so just enjoy it yeah I love that enjoy it great advice and we are going to be actually sharing a bit of empathy in our next section Um, coming up after the break we are going to be doing our badass balls up so all your problems you send them to us and we will try and solve them with our combined wisdom and the added wisdom of the lovely Gemma as well Um, we are going to be talking about what to do when somebody steals your idea and what to do when you've got a friend who's maybe going through a few issues join us then for that Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome back to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm here with my co-hosts Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. This week we are joined by the amazing Gemma Carney, author and broadcaster. And Gemma has a new book which is coming out in March. 9th of March and it's available for pre-order. Uh, if you go- a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Amazon just put open Gemma Kearney a toolkit for how magic and messed up life can be you'll find it and it is amazing and we're all very excited about it so we are in the section where we talk about your problems where we ask you to tell us what's going on with you so we can use our combined wisdom nearly a hundred years in fact (laughs) of mistakes made and lessons learned to try and help you (laughs) so this week we are starting now with a business query tell us what you've got Yeah, so not everyone uh, will know this, but we all run our own businesses. And therefore, people ask us daily, you know, what would you do here? Or I've got an idea for this. But this week, someone said, I really want to start a business, but I don't know what to do. And I was a bit flummoxed. I thought, oh, usually people have the idea and they say, (laughs) what do I do next? So I did a quick uh, scan and I saw a, a lovely article that the stylist put up, which has got five opportunities in areas that you can start a business. So I thought I would share them for anyone thinking about this. Uh, the first one is a word that I, I've been to Copenhagen a few times and my friend's always like, it's hug. Oh, hug. it's that huggy, huggy <laughs> word, isn't it? Hugger. Yeah, yeah, no yeah, idea. Yeah, no idea. Uh, <laughs> it just involves blankets and candles, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Lots of... Really cosy. Cosy time. food. But that, that's one opportunity. As, as we embrace the crap weather that we have, there are more opportunities to create things that create that atmosphere here so that's that's one of the things i like that yeah it's cuddling yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, like cuddling, cuddle. cuddling and spooning now there's a business opportunity oh, right. yeah. there. i yeah. am gonna tell you that has already been done oh. so obviously there is an app for that you can order somebody to come and just cuddle no away stop. yeah really I why don't know. why do i bust such a gut like with my career i just want to <laughs> cuddle people that is it <laughs> Like, for goodness sake. Charge yourself out a good rate. Yeah. Yeah. I give good cuddle. Yeah. (laughs) There is a fortune waiting to be made there. I want a t-shirt that says, I give good cuddle. (laughs) Anyway, wearing that to the bar. business ideas already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wearing that to the bar on Thursday. Uh, The next one is InsureTech. So for anyone that's in financial services, insurance and different ways of getting insurance is going to be another thing on the list. And I fully agree with that. We need more women in technology leading companies, building companies. So that's another one. The last one I'm going to reference, you can have a look at the article yourselves, everyone at home, is co-living. This is something that has a major, major boom. And there's going to be a new development going up in, um, what's that place beginning with W at the end of the Victoria line? Uh, Walthamstow. It's like Wales. a blank. It's like okay. like, Wales. When was I last uh, on the yeah. Victoria line? I don't I don't know. I'm from Northwest London, people. <laughs> I do not. Someone like so doesn't yeah, do yeah. East London. Yeah, I don't. I don't really cross the river. I'm not interested in like <laughs> tubes. And the, that, you know. It's still north, babe. Still north. <laughs> Walthamstow Village. Yeah, I was going round. I was saying I don't go really south. I go to Shoreditch, and anything after Shoreditch is like the end of the world. So that place, W Walthamstow, place. Anyway, there's one there. <laughs> Co-living spaces where people live together communally and then there's more there's new communal spaces, community, communal restaurants and bars and, and stuff, but you can kind of cook food together. My friend lives in one where they have a communal lounge. Um, so there's something there. So, you know, maybe buy a house and change it around and instead of do, sort of doing a, a flat share, actually think about living. I think that's a really big one because we are all essentially, have you heard of the concept of hutching where Mm. people are actually so unable to afford London rent that they're basically living in with somebody. So you can like 
throw out a not yoga in mat. Garden. Not quite. In a hutch. <laughs> not quite in a hutch. Although I am trying to buy a flat and it does actually look like a rabbit hutch. It literally <laughs> looks like a rabbit hutch. Um, but like you can literally throw a yoga mat out onto your floor and charge people to sleep on it. Like that's an oh, acceptable right. way. I do, so sorry, anything wanna... we can do to change housing, I think, is a huge opportunity. One more that I'm going to mention. So they've got mezcal in there, which is a tequila. I love tequila, but something I love even more is rum. And I'm going to say, actually, forget Mezcal. Let's do with the rum. I'm so, down with yeah. that. That's <laughs> another business opportunity. Have a rum revolution. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'll, I'll buy one of those, please. Thank you. Cuddling <laughs> and rum. <laughs> yeah, Feature. I mean, I think that's how mistakes are made, Gemma. <laughs> no. Uh, that's so two seven, like 2017 of you. Like, think about the 70s, 80s and 90s. It was all rum and cuddling. <laughs> <laughs> love it Emma what is your problem for the week do you tell so uh, a friend of mine uh, came to me this week and they were a little bit upset because they've been talking to a friend of theirs about an idea that they'd kind of um, uh, had for doing something and they've had this idea for a little while and they're just throwing around oh you know I could do this do this thing and then what happened is the person that they were talking to about a couple of months later actually launched something that was inspired and very similar to this person's idea and my friend was kind of outraged about this where I guess I was uh, me personally I think anybody can have an idea <laughs> I'm sorry to find it funny <laughs> not many people can make stuff happen it's just funny though isn't it because it, it does happen all the time yeah but yeah but has it, it happened to you uh probably yeah um yeah, because I'm just like a weird ideas monster. I'm like, look, let's just let, now I actually want to bring out the t-shirt saying I give good cuddle. Like. Um, so I, I think I think do you know what? There's enough space for us all and all of our ideas. And if we inspire each other, then I I, my, I feel like I have to pour positivity into that. Yeah, I yeah, think me so. too. But the one thing I would say is I think there's like a level of trust with your friends, though, right? So there should be a level of being like, my God, I've got this idea and I don't know what to do about it, and you're just bouncing thought off them. I feel it goes a little bit against the French friendship code if they're then like, oh, great idea. And I've taken it for myself. Yeah. Do you not think? Well, no. Because I think it's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's there's a lot of hard work to take something from an idea to an actual thing. Yeah. A lot of hard work. It's not that easy. So if someone is going to take something and they're prepared to put in the work to make that happen and prepared to put in the work to make it successful, high five. Anyone can sit in the pub and come up with an idea. So true. No. I'm, I'm halfway. I'm I'm with you on the the friendship code. You don't take your mate's idea, but equally, I wouldn't be scared of sharing my ideas because no one's going to execute it in the way that I would. So it's just like, yeah, friend. Mm-hmm. I'd probably punch them, but then you've been warned. So my idea of going to John Lewis to find men, you can have that, ladies. I give Thanks. you that idea for free. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> I love that you get to I mention brands. Oh, <laughs> other retailers available. Yeah, like, I'm so trained. Like. And oh. if you sponsor us, we'll mention you even more. <laughs> Rum? <laughs> Anyone? Hello, everybody. <laughs> so, so finally, what do we think? What is? Should we be telling everyone about our ideas, or do you have to keep it close to your chest? Share and share alike. Yeah. And if someone takes it on, they take it on, but they will never do it in the way that you would. Yeah, and sharing ideas evolves them as well, mm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So our final problem of the week is a little bit more of a kind of serious one this week because it is January and it's actually quite a tough time of the year for a lot of the people. So um one of my friends this week has had 
a kind of issue where their friend has had a bad start to the year. They've had a bad start to the year and they are really feeling it. They are quite low and they're finding it very hard to kind of pull themselves out of that place. And so the question, I think, Gemma, maybe starting with you, is like, how do you support someone as a friend when they are that low? How do you look after them? I think, firstly, it's about removing all judgment. When someone somebody is finding life tough, it's really easy to put up a, a barrier because you're scared that you don't quite understand it. Because people manifest sort of lowness and melancholy in different ways. So some people are sort of say, oh, you're acting a bit mental, you're acting a bit odd, you know, or I can't quite comprehend what's go- what you're going through. So remove that judgment and just be by someone's side. It doesn't mean you have to be there physically. Just send them a little text. Uh, say that you're there for them. Say that you're there for, to listen. You don't really need to come at it from a trained psychologist perspective. You just need to be a friend. Turn up with a box set, a bottle of wine, and then maybe uh, some lemonade so that they can choose. Maybe they don't want to drink alcohol. Just literally go back to the basics of what it means to be a mate and be that. Yeah, I think the temptation is always to fix people and go, oh, come on, you'll be all right. Mm. Come and do this. When actually you just need to, to sit with people in that place. So you're best just to acknowledge that they're having a really tough time and go, that's really tough. You know, why don't we just hang out today or, or do something? So don't try and fix them, but just it's empathy, really. Mm. And I think that is, I remember when I was having kind of a bit of a low place and I actually didn't want to talk to anyone. I was quite tired. I like people were draining on me. It was It was too much. But having a couple of friends who would literally just send me a text being like, just thinking of you, sending some love. Mm. That that was actually enough and that was all I needed. And I think when you're on the other side of it, when you're the friend who's supporting someone, you can feel like you have to take on everything and you have to be the person that has to support them and make it okay. And for me, that generates one of two responses, which is either I go into overdrive on it and I'm just too much for anyone, um, or I'm like, that's too much for me to handle and I'm backing away. And there's, I think trying to find, as you said, that kind of middle ground of just being a nice person, just be a good friend. I've done the, the turn up and just be in silence. So when a friend says, you know, actually, I really don't want to talk about it. Okay, we can sit in silence. We can just ha- we can just hang out. So yeah. nice. We don't need to have a conversation. You don't need to pour out your heart. You don't need to cry. You don't need to respond. We can just hang out because energy is someone else's energy and their positive and good energy is one of the things that helps. And that doesn't need words. And what I always notice as well is something about the when we're low, the very thing that we should do, which is to get out there and do stuff, doesn't happen. We the, we want to retreat. We want to spend mm. a lot of time alone. We want to spend a lot of time with our negative thoughts. So, mm. you know, it's really difficult to kind of get yourself out of that. But the more that you can, is the better. But I have I had said I have said to friends, and I I I make an, a point to do this: sit in the feeling and the emotion. Don't automatically try and push yourself mm. to be something or feel a certain way understand what it is that you're feeling and if actually it's a duvet day and i need to eat this whole bag of kettle chips oh yeah do yeah. that <laughs> wallow isn't it yeah wallow it, in it, it i do that a lot is and, that all right <laughs> but, but whatever the emotion it. is fine <laughs> yeah, it's, it's recognizing it and understanding when it is just i need this moment to be silent and still with myself especially for introverts it's one of the things we need and the spectrum through to actually i'm feeling so heavy i cannot lift myself out of bed that is a different type of feeling and emotion we want to be supportive but does it ever help to actually just be the person that's like right enough of this now pull your socks up let's get going is there ever a time and place for that I think it depends because I think we have a tendency don't we to 
either self-medicate to Google uh, what's going on with us and give ourselves a you know some sort of depiction of something. Yeah, you know, and and then try and seek like extremity of help. Whereas I, I like the simplicity of like sitting in you know in the house with a duvet. And and then if it's starting to go on for too long, then maybe without being harsh, it is just like how. But again, simplicity. Like, do we just leave? Do we go for a walk? Mm. Shall we go for a swim? Mm. You know, but may but not be too harsh. I don't think you can ever say just pull your socks up, yeah. get out of it. Like, who can actually do that? Mm. Yeah, great point. Thank you, ladies. So that's our answers to your problems. Hopefully, we've provided a little wisdom. Um, we are going to take a break, but we before we need to do that, we need to say thank you to our fabulous guests Woo! and lovely Gemma. Thank you, Gemma. Thank you. Uh, Gemma's, you guys are badass. <laughs> <laughs> Gemma's book open is out on March the 9th, but you can pre-order it from Amazon now. Um, she's been. And she has been a total star. We've loved having her. Thank you. Um, also, just a little plug for ourselves. On the 7th of February, if you want to come and join in the fun, me, Nat and Emma will be at the W Hotel hosting Media Darlings, a panel show where we're talking about all things women and media. Do come along at the W Hotel on the 7th of February. We'll be back after the break for more badass news views and one backdated badass, a woman you absolutely have to know about. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome back to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass. My name is Harriet Minter and I'm here with my co-hosts Emma Sexton and Natalie Campbell on Talk Radio. So we are talking now about our backdated badass. If you've been listening to the show before, you know that we had Gemma Carney in talking about what it's like to be a woman leader and where women's rights are going in the next few years. But this backdated badass takes that way, way back because she was doing the marching before any of us had even thought about it. I am a particular fan of this week's backdated badass because we are both gingers. (laughs) And I feel there aren't enough gingers out there leading the way and they don't get the due respect they deserve. They are well fit. Thanks, Emma. Me and Prince Harry. So, (laughs) (laughs) this week's Factated Badass is... Now, I'm really ashamed to say that we have not agreed on how to say her name. Uh, I'm going Boudicca. In school, it was... Bodicea. Yeah, yeah, Bodicea. So we just call her Queen Bee today. Queen oh, Bee. Queen, Queen Bee. Bee. The original Queen Bee. And I love her because she's from East Anglia. Oh. And I'm from Ipswich. I think she's from <laughs> I think she an Ipswich girl. That's what I think. Emma's, Emma's connection. Yeah. Emma's channeling her. So Bodicea, Boudicca, the original Queen Bee, was um, an amazing woman back in AD... Oh, what are we talking like? 50 to 60, roughly? I've got AD 60. Yeah, that's yeah. when she died. Oh, oh she didn't, okay. yeah, a bit earlier. She was around before them. Basically, she led a British revolution against the Roman army. So the Roman army was coming in. They'd actually killed her husband, whose name I just can't pronounce. So I'm not going to do it. Prasitukas? No, Should I don't just know. Just call him Dave. <laughs> just call him Dave. Uh, so they'd, <laughs> they'd killed off Dave, and um, they were basically trying to take over her land. And depending <laughs> upon, sorry, that's delayed laughter from Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it's being Dave. <laughs> B and Dave. They had such a lovely life. Um, so to try and take over a land. And depending on who you listen to and which Roman historian you want to believe, um, either she was fighting because she didn't want to pay the taxes they were putting on her and she wanted to keep her land, or she was actually fighting because as part of the Roman invasion, they took over her land, beat her and raped her daughters. And this created such anger within her that she created an uprising to fight them. And the line that she is kind of famously known for 
is um, let the men live as slaves if they want. I will not. And so she took her army of Britons, took her army of Britons, and they defeated the Romans in one amazing battle. Unfortunately, battle two was not as successful and 80,000 of them, it's estimated, died. Only 400 Romans for 80,000 Britons. And amongst those was the death of Queen Bee. We don't know whether actually she died because... Um, according to the kind of Roman history and Tacitus, who wrote it, she died because she poisoned herself. She didn't want to be taken alive. Um, but Tacitus has a bit of a history of killing off lots of people and saying they don't want to be taken alive. <laughs> so I don't know how trustworthy he is. Um, but she killed herself and the Romans took over the country. But I kind of love her because she is a woman who was standing up for her rights. Yes, and we need that more than ever. I, I loved her story because it really kind of coincides with the march because the Romans were coming in and going, OK, well, our rule is if you're a woman and your daughters, they don't get any rights to your land and property. So we're going to enforce that and we're going to take that away from you. And I kind of feel like it's almost a metaphor for what's happening now. And I love the fact that she's just risen up and gone, no way, don't mess with me. I'm going to fight until the bitter end. So I like that and I think there's that real anger like that real kind yeah. of like I can feel power pussy yeah. power <laughs> my new favourite term new we'll favorite get that word. on the t-shirt yeah, yeah, yeah. Nat what did you learn about her in school why has she stuck with you it's the visual well first of all it was this badass warrior woman um, you know the first official badass uh, warrior woman that said I'm not having this you are not doing this to me I am going to jack your stuff up <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and she she did it and the visuals of this you know flaming ginger red hair long hair and the power i i remember that and it's i, I think it's also her name it's an unusual name uh, i actually think it's a very beautiful name uh, i think the fact that she because you know when we learn about history later on there are a few women that lead completely male armies but the fact that this woman was out on the front line leading an army and winning, obviously, until until the bitter end. That's just a story we don't hear very often. And we don't hear it about queens very often. Uh, you know, we could name on, on, on one hand how many that we do hear about, whereas we have lots of male sort of protagonists that have, have done that, whether it's Napoleon or yeah. or many of the others. So I, I loved her at school. It's and very interesting the way she's described, though, isn't it? Like, she's a woman who is leading an army and when you get women in leadership they always get described a certain way don't they so what I've got here is that um, she was very tall the glance of her eye was most fierce her voice harsh a great mass of the reddest hair fell down to her hips her appearance was terrifying women are always terrifying <laughs> when they're leading damn right we are yeah. and it is that thing right which is that media representation even now because Cassius, who was writing that, was essentially the Roman media, mm. you know, Roman reporter. The media even now, when we have like a really, really strong woman, we use words. We say she's hard, she's tough, she's aggressive, you know, all these kind of things that we just kind of don't apply to male leaders. Um, and that's going back 2,000 odd years and we're still doing it. Like we said on previous shows, nothing changes. But, you know, I'm going to add whatever to the end of all of those sentences because if she was all of that and she still managed to defeat the Roman army then she's badass and that's all we really need to know. Do you think that if she was around today what would her response be to Trump? Oh my God. She would have got three billion people out to that march on Sunday. 
That's what I think. See, my brain just thought, uh, she'd just get on a plane and just go over there and punch me in the face. <laughs> just an assassination. Yeah, which is what I hoped uh, Theresa May would have done. Uh, but she didn't. She didn't. No. So, well, yeah. I love the quote, opposites attract. Just took me back to that lovely Paula Abdul track. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Theresa. But that's not what we want when our female prime minister who i want to be badass Teresa hun i am rooting for you to be badass i'm rooting for you to take some people on get some merkel get some merkel about your life i think she's stealth badass i am optimistic she's stealth badass and she is yeah explain what you mean by that because i'm gonna look like (laughs) hidden badass so basically i think she's she's gonna do some stuff She's going to like, what's your jack him up? Is that your saying, isn't yeah. it? She's going to jack Trump up, <laughs> but not in a way you expect. It's just a terrifying um, visual. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that we're now like, have we become this kind of pragmatic society? We're no longer women of action. And do we have to be as angry as Queen Bee, Bodicea, Boudicca clearly was? Is that what we need? More anger? More kind of real fire? Passion. Passion, not yeah. anger, it's, passion. Yeah, it's knowing yeah. why you're getting yeah. out of bed in the morning. It goes back to the conversation we had right at the beginning. What's the action? We've chanted, we've marched. What is the action? Because that is what builds up the fire and the passion. I think there's a really incredibly strong visual. We said this about Boudicca, that, you know, her on this chariot rolling down the hills and I think it's kind of the traditional one always has kind of swords coming up her Mm. wheels which didn't really happen but you know it's a nice visual do we like do we have female warriors now I'm trying to think like if we talk about women in battle now you can see a few in the army but even now they're not really allowed on the front lines when you said that I was like yeah Rihanna but that's not what you meant (laughs) sorry okay right um, actually, do you know what the other thought I've just had when I said female warriors is like the ring girls. That's that's so sad, isn't it? Like in boxing, you either have like big men and you have girls in little skimpy outfits holding up boards, or you've got this kind of I don't, I don't know what no. term is WWF where they're beating each other up. But you've got the emer- UFC. Yeah, like the women in UFC are badass. I mean, I am there and loving it. Yeah, Ronda Rousey and her kind of, but she's oh. actually got a really strong visual again. You yeah. kind of blonde, really tough. And what's wrong with that? Nothing. Love it. Nothing. Punching a man in the nose? Well, you do more than punch a, a man in the nose. I'm a bit anti-violence. I just give yeah. them a good stare out. Passive-aggressive <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stare. Just, so, yeah, just so. say, I'm not, I do not condone violence. I feel like I have to say this every sure? week. I do not condone violence. But if you can punch a man on the nose and he deserves it, then I'm like, <laughs> do what you need to do. Metaphorically speaking. Yes. With your words. <laughs> <laughs> So we are really big fans of Queen Bee and she actually came to prominence in the Victorian era because Victoria, as a queen by herself, really related to her. And I think we need a bit more of her passion in our daily lives. And I think we might be having a bit of that with our badass principle of the week. So every week we give you a principle that we think you should live your life by in the coming seven days. And this week's now, what is it? This week's badass principle is dream free. And what I mean by this is, that's my dream-free voice. It was beautiful. Mm. Very, very soft. Uh, It's this idea that, A, we need to have dreams and hopes and ideas and ambition, especially in the world that we're, we're currently in. And we need to take these dreams and make them happen. That's the freedom bit. It's not letting anyone put any limitations on you, what you want to do, what you want to achieve, uh, and going out there and being that best badass version of yourself. Emma, do you find, have you ever felt those limitations? Have you ever had that moment where you're like, well, I can be at this level, but I don't know if I can level up? 
Yeah, it's a constant. It's a constant thing. I always have a thing of always stepping my stepping my game up. And I think dream free for me is, <clears throat> and what I'm really passionate about, I'm really passionate about helping others do, is to kind of get out of their own way. Because once you understand psychology, once you you realise that you can you can dream, but also you can be free to deliver that. Because there's all, an awful lot that society puts on you, of other people's opinions are put on you, that can keep you very small and stop you from going out there and and really creating the life that you that you want so I'm very passionate about dreamy free for sure so when we did um so Emma and I ran a workshop this week on Wednesday and it was goal setting and you asked me to give me my kind of three top tips for goal setting my number one is like whatever your goal is go bigger and then go bigger again and then go bigger for at least a third time ideally a fourth time because the first two you're just going to put limits on yourself and if you have to keep going bigger and bigger and bigger eventually you'll be able to push past them doesn't matter if you decide that's not what you want to do but just try and get it out there does that kind of would that be along the dream free lines now am i getting there definitely you're on the money and a shameless plug for me is so a spin-off from all of this is that i run uh workshops called the badass principle and it's the gym class for the mind and soul and it is a mix of a fitness class with actual well-being in badassness and coaching and we start next week on the 31st of january so if you tap the badass principle into facebook or twitter you'll get all of the information and it is awesome. So we are coming to a close on our hour here this week with you, but it has been fabulous as ever. A big thank you to my hosts, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And you can follow them on Twitter at... At Nat D. Campbell. And... And at Emma Sexton. And you can find me at Harriet Minter. And you can follow the Badass Women's Hour at Badass Women's Hour HR. Badass Women's Hour HR on Twitter, Instagram. And you can find us on Facebook. Do come along. We are posting lots of stuff. and We'd love to hear your thoughts and views. Um, but we have been three women, one hour, a whole load of opinions and much, much badass on Talk Radio. We will be back next week. But if you want more of us, you can come join us on the 7th of February at the W Hotel for our live event called Media Darlings. We will see you there or we'll see you next week on Talk Radio. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.